You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. In return is Brad and Chris, and I can barely talk because of my nose. Uh, we are a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And we should really talk about the box art of the one Brad here picked. Brad, what'd you pick for our last body transformation films? I'm sorry, Steve. I'm still sick from last week. I'm doing fucking Disney that? when you're like sick for like six weeks afterwards. What so was picked... that? Who is that? What did you play? You guys ever seen Dune? It's up for the Academy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. probably going to finish, you know, it's going to finish behind Top Gun Maverick somewhere. But, you know, we've talked about that already. So we're going to Golden Child this week. That's right. And uh, the reason I brought up is because... This is this is like they did the floating head. Well, I guess it's more of a floating like uh, floating torso. Yeah, I mean at least it's painted. Didn't they do that with Beverly Hills Cop though? Well, they the just had him on a car. It's like the same exact cover, and Big Trouble on the Old China. I mean, I I just saw someone like really talk about like how well done this is, you know, this I, cover I and everything, and I'm like, is it? I mean, it, I'm glad you guys used an artist to paint it, but I just thought it was like, ugh. Like this never got us excited as a kid. We would have never rented this film. It was on syndication so much that we had no choice but to watch it. And then it's Eddie Murphy. So, I mean, yeah, this was a time where Eddie Murphy just could not miss. I mean, he's coming off of Saturday Night Live. He's done mm-hmm. Delirious, Raw. Maybe, I don't know if he's done Raw at this point, but he got Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, well, yeah, he had done Raw at this point. I think Raw was like 84. Okay. I think. Yeah, there before I was born. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the first, this was part of the, this was the first Eddie Murphy swoon uh, film. I mean, he they made money on this. Paramount just wanted to make more money. That's why they considered this a failure, but it made a ton of money, uh, you know, and we'll talk about how much money it did make it one. But, you know, I mean, this guy's career started off so fantastic. 48 hours, trading places, you know, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. And then he had um, Coming to America. Wow. They're all good. I grew up watching all of those movies. Yeah. I mean, you can't have a better start. So, you know, they wanted like a three, four hundred million dollar film out of this. Paramount did because of Beverly Hills Cop. And they only ended up getting like somewhere around one hundred and fifty million. And they're like, oh, this is a failure. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not at all. But, you know, this is when he started to get to his, you know, like uh, Harlem Knights didn't do well. Boomerang didn't do well. Vampire um, in Brooklyn. Was that? That was 96. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the height of his failures was Pluto Nash, which I don't know if I've told you guys that was actually vetoed by someone. I think I believe we tried to do Pluto Nash. I did. And it was vetoed. So hopefully you guys don't veto it. Uh, I'll read the quick facts off for you. Directed by Michael Ritchie. He's the guy who did uh, the Bad News Bears. That's a good one, too. Initially, this was going to be directed by uh, John Carpenter was actually um, given the opportunity, but he decided to go with Big Trouble in Little China. And actually, 
uh, sped through production of that movie to get it out before this. They feel the same yes. to me. Like they, yeah. they go one and the same, same kind of idea, Asian mysticism. Well, and after Ghostbusters, a lot of big distributors wanted to get out a film similar to that, you know, filled with special effects, filled with comedy and action. Yeah. Like a comedy action special effects, you know, extravaganza. So they were all racing for it. And this movie started out as like a super serious film written by Dennis uh, Fieldman. He ended up doing the species films. He wrote those. Yeah, he did one and two. He wrote those are good. And he also wrote Virus. Fucking perfect movie. Yeah. (laughs) I still, I'm sorry. I'm still so sorry for that one. (laughs) <laughs> nice. You know, I wonder this guy, Victor Wong and James Hong are both in this movie, and I think they're both in Big Trouble in Little China too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just rushed over to that one after, or they rushed from that one to this one, but they were in demand at that point. Talk about a good time to be. I mean, I think there were some of the only like predominantly Asian actors at the time, though. Too there's 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 a whole thing that James Hong has where there wasn't many of them, and he talks about it. It led to a good career for him because he's mm-hmm. in so much in the 80s and 90s i mean hell he was just in it um everything was it everyone everything all at once fuck i don't know remember my brain it's That's probably gonna win the academy award but can't remember shit so let's go through the rest of these quick facts here starring eddie murphy charlotte lewis which one of you found a fantastic story too and charles dance of game and throws game of thrones fame Jeez. the world's greatest just a strict authoritarian oh he's amazing I forgot that that was the the Lannister father. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just perfect. He's just the greatest. Uh huh. Oh, he just plays it. I mean, he's also fantastic at comedy roles uh, because I mean, playing straight comedy, which he did in Last Action Hero. That's a good one. Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. We get Randall in Tex Cop too. He always plays, um, you know, a tough guy thug usually, except for Uncommon Valor, where he plays like kind of a heroic ex-marine guy. But this guy's a legitimate tough guy, like kickboxer, boxer, professional. I have a note about when he just throws that fucking barrel on his shoulder one-handed when he's using the slingshot and then he walks over to get a barrel so he doesn't get hit, just grabs it, throws it up, puts it on his shoulder. <laughs> I think I'm cool when I do that with like the 60-pound dog food I have. Oh, yeah. But the, those barrels weigh, they're, they're, they're a lot. You got to do it in the dog store, right? When you buy it, throw it over your shoulder, carry oh, yeah, it in your car. I need that self-checkout so I can impress myself. <laughs> there you go. Distributed by Paramount Pictures. And it was released December 12th, 1986 at a 12 to $24 million budget, according to Wikipedia. I don't know what that's about, but I do know it made about $150 million domestically. I think it was only released here in the States. So, I mean, it made money. It certainly did. I know they marketed the hell out of this. So maybe that's why the budget's so weird. Everybody but, I know has seen it. Oh, yeah. They made so much money off this off syndication. They sold it to everyone. I'm sure it rented decent. We never rented it, though. Like I said, we looked at the cover and we're like, what? What is this? I know my parents did because it was Eddie Murphy. So I grew up watching Delirious and Raw. Pretty much every movie he's in. <laughs> they let you watch Raw. <laughs> they were 17 and I was like four. I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> I'm sure they were. They had you at 17. So they're about 21. Yeah, they still yeah. had no idea what they were doing. 
I couldn't imagine yeah. making those big decisions at 21. I, I can barely imagine. get up. I can't yeah. imagine reasons I'm like delirious in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> that would not fly today. No, no, I don't even think you could release it now. No. Oh, man. Yeah. There's probably a lot in that. Ooh. There's a couple jokes I remember that are really, really bad. But they're, it's, they're funny as shit. We don't know if there's any uh, trailers on this because no one owns the. VHS on this. I'm sure this is a pretty easy one to get, but I'm pretty sure I own it. Still in storage, working on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll post a photo if I find it. Well, you only have so much room. <laughs> I know. And I have the room, and I just refuse to keep all the commons around. I'm like, yeah, get back there. Let's uh, let's watch the trailer on this bad boy. Eddie Murphy is back, but this time. He's looking for a missing child, a golden child. This child is special, Mr. Giraud. His destiny is to save the world. And it's your destiny to seek some serious psychiatric help. Hey, man, you boys a couple of questions. By the time he finds you, it will be too late. <coughs> hey, hey, hey. In my pocket, it's a whole thing of Tic Tacs. Take as many as you like, please. I could destroy you just like that. Just like that. You're wonderful. Nobody be alone. I'm Ma'am Chandler Gerald, American stolen artifacts finders of America. He's irresponsible. A bed. Is that a bed? He's a careless, thoughtless, undisciplined fool. I should be punished. I should be purged. I should be flogged. You are the chosen one. You will find a child. Well, I do my best. <laughs> I'm so afraid of the dark, too. <laughs> I really don't like your attitude. You know, this is a nice jacket. It's a Morris Day feel, and it looks good on you. And the boots, smoking. He's got a firm grip on reality. Where he's going, he'll need it. How'd you do that? What was that with the flip? You must carry this glass of water without spilling a drop. Who are you, Monty Hall now? This is a piece of cake! Eddie Murphy is the chosen one. Well, how many people have survived this test? None. None! The golden child. None! Every, everything that's in the movie, they're just like, here you go, here it is. Well, except the special effects. you notice that? Yeah, because they're terrible. Good choice, yeah. 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 Right. I like the stop-motion Coca-Cola can, but I wouldn't show that in the trailer. Kind of makes no right? sense in the film. I mean, it makes sense, but kind of takes you out of the film. Like, what? Buddy, it was Pepsi. It was. It was Pepsi. Yeah. So we've got this character here, uh, Chandler. No, wait. Is it? Yeah, it's Chandler. Chandler, right? Chandler Gerald. Yeah. Um, Chandler who Yarrow. Is, who finds missing children. Way? There's a J in there. Yeah. Jarrell. No, he goes Yarrell. Jarl? Why Jarl. are you saying it this way? There's a J in there. Jarls. <laughs> uh, he he finds missing kids, which is uh, something that you'd never suspect from Eddie Murphy. Uh, I guess that's why they chose that. But I do know this film was, you know, it was supposed to be very serious. And then um, comedic elements were put into it for Eddie Murphy because uh, they wanted it to be a little bit funnier and, you know, kind of like match the tone of Ghostbusters. 
And once the film was already shot and edited, they actually went back and shot more film of Eddie Murphy just being funny and put that in without the director even knowing. So that was, you know, but worked out. Yeah. I mean, it made money, so it it worked. Uh, they, I guess they knew what they were doing. Well, they're just like, we we purchased Eddie Murphy for this, you know? Like, we, we gave him all this money. I'm sure it was a pretty good payday for him because everything he had done was gold. So they're probably like, just shoot more. Just put more of Eddie in it, being Eddie. Could you imagine being the director going to the red carpet premiere and you're like, I didn't, what, we didn't do, who did this? That's why so many of these directors nowadays, the powerful ones, always get final edit you know, like approval rights. Cause oh, yeah, this was so common back then yeah, in the nineties. Michael 90s Ritchie is going to be hanging out with um, um Who did Highlander to uh, mm. Russell oh, Mulcahy. Yeah. They're going to hang out having beers at the bar, just like bitching about the companies that just threw them under the bus. It. Yeah. That one's just epic. Highlander too. <laughs> we haven't talked about it in a while. So yes, yeah. Um, it was my mission to bring up something related to Highlander every episode, but I forgot. Yeah. Well, there's swords in this, just like in Highlander too. You gotta put a little sticky note on your monitor to remind yourself Highlander too. Uh, and then we get uh, the golden child here, who has the power to touch people and tell them what to do. And, and bring carrots back to life. Yeah, resurrect. You seen what happens in Pet Cemetery when you bring animals back to life? Like, it's not good. This one looks oh, good though. See, I'm thinking that parrot <clears throat> after they kidnapped, you know, the kid and everything, which is a little girl, by the way, if no one knew. Yeah, and this is her only, only movie. Yep, yeah, only role. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but I imagine that parrot was like pecking people in the head, going all crazy right when that kid left. That kid's just bringing shit back to life and it's it's total menace dude that is the first terrible cg it's like when the bird flies just up in the ceiling just looks awful now i initially was calling it a parrot too but it's actually an eastern rosella native to southeastern australia and tasmania according to the internet it's not a macaw Birds aren't real anyways they're just spy devices yeah, this is a fact-free zone so listen we make it no, what'd you call it last time? This is a I forgot what you called it. It wasn't a fact free zone. It was it was funnier. <laughs> no fact zone. A no fact bubble or something. I don't know. No. Fuck it. Can't remember. You just said it like an hour ago and it's already gone from my head. Don't no, worry. We're... When I edit, when I edit it, I'll uh I'll send it to you. No, yeah, we're smart. No. No. <laughs> no, we're not. Except you know, Brad, when he looks up what kind of Chia Pet it was, what was it again? Eastern Rosella. <laughs> there you go. Chia I, have no idea. I have no idea what that is. It's a real bird or not. Sounds like a plant. Wait, did you just make that up? I didn't make it up. It says it on the internet. So oh, <laughs> I thought you just made up what it was. And I'm like, wow, that sounded real. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's see here. Uh, what else can we talk about? Um, yeah, you want to talk about charlotte lewis here on what you found out about her uh chris uh yeah i don't remember the director though and click through real quick what's what's her first movie the director of the pirate yeah uh, roman plansky yeah because he got in trouble and fled the country for raping a minor and it turned out it was her i didn't know that nobody believed her she said until like a decade later 
Now, now, not that I give a shit what Roman Polanski's people think. Was it rape or was it molestation? She was 16, so it's both. Is it? I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the legal classification for it, but it's wrong. So, yeah, they got in trouble and for that. What's weird to me is she's 19 in this film, and I would have guessed easily 25. She looks older for her age. I don't. I don't know if it's the way she's doing her hair or whatever <laughs> the fuck it was. But I was like, when I read that, I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, it's some of those. Some people they just look way older than they are when in in movies but then also they cast 40 year olds as 16 year olds in high school and it looks like a 40 year old walking through class the greatest example of that is the rock when he's like 16 and he's got a photo with a mustache and he looks like he's like 30 (laughs) (laughs) hollywood's crazy man yeah i mean well what's even crazier charles dance is the same age as me in this film 40 I was like, what? Really? Yeah. Looks like your grandpa. (laughs) No. He's not rocking Wilford Brimley vibes, but I mean, it's getting closer. But if you'd like put a divider between you and Wilford Brimley, I mean, Charles Dance is closer to Wilford Brimley than he is to you. That's why I was kind of surprised he was the guy in Lord of the Rings. Or not Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones, because I figured he'd be dead. Some actors always just look older. And he, I mean, you know, with that, I don't even know if he's got a widow's peak. It's. I think he's balding. He's definitely balding in this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I don't know. I just look. I'm like, what? No way. Charles Dance. Uh, we just wanted the best antagonist of all time. I just, I just love him uh, so much. So, uh, yeah, you know, Eddie Murphy's told he's the chosen one, and he's got to travel to Tibet to help them. Uh, but before that, we get one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Filmed in present day, though. Did you guys notice that? Present day, 2023? So that show might be on current TV. We should look it up. We should. What was the name of the show? I don't know. Afternoon Pleasures with Dan Rather. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I want to talk about that opening scene, too. That was like, that's seriously straight out of the 80s. How you do an opening scene? You just show your bad guys right away. You get Monkey Guy. You get Tex Cobb. So good. Like, the beginning 10 minutes of this movie is the best part of the movie, I think. The rest of it's good, but. You need to open yeah, movies was... like this again. And yeah, and then they have him walking through and he's like, hmm, butt pie. That was a sequel to Butt Cake. That's <laughs> where they put cake on a butt. Chunky asses. <laughs> yeah, I know how he looks at the guy. Like, man, how much of this is ad libbed? They might, that might have been a scene they just added. <laughs> that seems sense. perfect. Yeah, I, I like the shots in like in um, West LA there, where they're showing the ninety nine cent gas and the Marlboros and everything, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah. They show the Statue of Liberty and then cut to a punk with Liberty spikes. I've never noticed that until oh, recently. Cool. I was like, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's some pretty good things in this film until you get some of that CG where you're like. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the tone is, is definitely shifts from like super serious to super goofy a little quick. I could definitely tell that this was taken from another script, you know, and then changed and manipulated, added on top of uh, probably could have gone through another pass of this to kind of like even up the tone. But still, um, fine. there's too much cocaine in there. 
Oh, yeah. They weren't paying attention to it. Yeah, I don't know if you guys read on any of the, the soundtrack, too. They're like, they, 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 this had two different soundtracks at one time. The score, which originally put together, um, it might have been by Alan uh, Silvestri. I can't remember who did it, but um, put it together and everything like that. And um, when they you know, showed it with the film, they're like, this doesn't make any sense. So then they had someone else come in and put a bunch of like, you know, really cool, like 80s synth in there. And I, it's actually a really sweet ass soundtrack. Um, maybe maybe one I could listen to at work. But uh, and then they took the other uh, soundtrack that they had, the other score, and then they just put that in Tibet only. <laughs> and so they kind of got the best of both worlds of that. Yeah, yeah. The, sound, the soundtracks are really good on this. No, it's perfect because when they're in L.A. and, you know, they're showing Andy Murphy doing his thing, they have this like really cool, you know, synth uh, soundtrack and everything going on. And then on the in the Tibet where, they, you know, everything's supposed to be like kind of like high class and everything. They have the other soundtrack. And I was like, that that was smart to keep that music in there. That was I mean, get your money, get your money's worth. So. Uh, so <laughs> it's this this movie's weird because I don't really understand the little kid's power other than bringing people back to life and controlling other people's minds. So I don't know. He's just what... here to spread good. Okay. You know, astral, and then, astral projection. And then Charles dance is controlled by the devil. Uh, he made a deal with the devil and he needs to feed him blood. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And the devil wants <laughs> the devil wants the dagger, right? So that they can kill the boy. But they're just killing the boy because he spreads good. Yeah. He's Jesus okay. and the devil wants to come to earth. That's what I kind of got too. Because it's every 2,000 years or something. Like a heaven hell kind of thing. So how old do you guys think Eddie Murphy was in this? 22. I'm going to go with a little bit older. I bet he was like 25-ish. I'm going to go with 26. I remember in Delirious, it came out in 1982. He's talking about being 22 years old in that in that stand up so this is four years later so i'm gonna go 26 fucking right. math man so he's born in 61 so he's 20 what is it 25 no. oh i got that right nice. yeah 86 yep nice what a fucking start to a career wow before we got all distracted we were talking about the uh, best segment the talk show that we mm -hmm. all like you can you can continue you started it Oh, I just love how he just continues to every time interrupt him. And Eddie Murphy's just like, listen, man, this is who I'm looking for. You shove this show up your ass <laughs> or something, whatever. He says, he's like, because he goes over afterwards and he's like, so you got a tortoise. His name is Teddy, right? How old is he? He's like, Teddy could kiss my ass and takes me. <laughs> and he's like, you put that camera back on me or I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's how the girl notices him. Key? Is her name Key? Yep. Okay, something like that. Uh, yeah, she notices him, and then they hire him to go to Tibet. I fucking love... Yeah, this is in Tibet, right? Where the, the girl uh, behind the screen talks to him. Oh, no, that's in L.A. Is that in L.A.? They, yeah, flew, her in, they flew her in from Tibet to oh, okay. help out with that. They knew they were going to bring the kid to the City of Angels. The new city, the City of Angels. Yeah. But you will be saved by no angel. Yeah. I caught on to that. I'm like, oh, look at you, writers. 
I'll always remember that as a kid. Even as a kid, when they reveal who that woman is behind the veil or whatever, and she's like a snake, I was like, oh, that's shitty. That was so terrible. And it doesn't even match up with the shadow. The shadow is like the snake is like legs down, but there it's like tits down. So, yeah, this was done by Industrial Light and Magic, and this was at the time when they were overworked. They needed more staff. They were doing way too much. So this movie did not get enough love. And uh, they were definitely being a little trying to take too big a bite with all the you know special effects that they were trying to do. And this shows this is bad. Dude, the devil looks cool. The idea of the devil looks cool. Not the devil, whatever he turns into. But like when his head falls away, it looks really bad. But like the devil moving looks awful. But like. Just yeah. the, the what it is is cool looking. It's just well, and then they this... put they put a bunch of like filters and stuff over yeah. the devil when he's fighting at the end and like yeah. moving the camera rapidly just so you can't tell. All the CG in this is that CG that just doesn't look like the CG or the image belongs together on the t- or, or even on the TV. Like both of them are just so out of place together. Yeah, that you're just like I don't know. I don't know. So we, I mean, he, he goes to Tibet and then, I mean, some of the funniest stuff is just him in the airport, uh, him interacting with the Tibetans, you know, I fucking love it when he's just like, I need to get the dagger. And he's like, spinning <laughs> yeah. out oh, that's I, 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 I want the knife. Give me the knife. <sighs> then, yeah. The, the, um, the old Goopo is what they call him, but Victor Wong, when he's the, the little panhandler faking no legs and stuff. He's like, you took the wrong money. You didn't even give me the right necklace. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, man, uh, Victor Wong, that guy's a treasure. Yeah. He was also in Tremors. I mean, he's been in a lot. I really like the the text. James Hong, Victor Wong, and the other guy is Pons Mar, the monkey-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Like, all those character actors are just they look great in this movie. It just adds like a whole different physical comedy weirdness. Yeah, I love these thing. character actors too. I love these character actors too. It's like Tex Cobb. He's great in everything he's in. That's why they keep getting jobs. They're just, they must be awesome to work with and they're fun and everything they're, like that. They're distinct. Yeah. Definitely got to look to all of them. I mean, they're just like, they're automatic characters when they get in your film. They're going to be memorable. Yeah. So just fills out and rounds out a, a cast Danny, really well. Danny Trey will have a career forever. Yeah, until he's dead. Yeah. I mean that's that's just how it goes. Imagine um, a movie then if you have like Tex Cobb, you got Danny Trejo, you got like Ponsmar, you got like, you know, Wong and Hong and everything. Throw like Clancy Brown in there. Throw oh. like Steve Buscemi, uh just, awesome. just straight up character actors. It's just do what's that Sylvester Stallone like mega cast action film? The expendables yeah do just that like with them though and just, and just like just the world's greatest character actors yeah and just make a weird ensemble movie actually it would be a good idea i'm sure netflix would buy it they buy everything see yeah so he uh the the whole i love it with the water he just like you can't spill a drop so he just drinks it you gotta be as pure as the water and he's like, he's like you, you are to break the rules <laughs> It's great. You told me to stay on the path. <laughs> oh, and then he goes and he gets into the fight. I love it when he busts in the door and he's like, 
about to stay. Oh, what does he keep calling Charles Dance's character too? Um, Noopsie. Noopsie. The whole airport. There's two great scenes: the airport scene in Tibet, where he like plants the knife on that other like that kind of jerk, that jerk mm-hmm. American. You know, like that never happens overseas. You never see another jerk American in a foreign airport. But... <laughs> I'm confiscating this knife. I'll talk to you about it on the plane, though. <laughs> Go on, dude. Get out of here. Just shows his thing. He's just like, yeah, see, I'm part of the federal knife American, task board, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what it was. The federal American antique. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. And then he kisses Charles Dance in like one scene in there. And you just see, I that looks totally unscripted. Because Charles Dance, look, look, I mean, he's like, what? And, I mean, not happy. <laughs> it's it, fucking great it's just everything about this movie i think is really good like this is eddie murphy's laugh this is what i think about when he's in the car with her and he's like you want to come upstairs she's like no he's like ah, 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 ah. He's so he laughs in this i love this he movie. does sleep with her right oh yeah the second time she's like i want to go upstairs he's like there's a bed on the, when he busts in you know, and like Charles Dance is like at the very end, right before he turns into the devil, and he's like, "Get the knife up!" He's like, "I'm gonna come get you," and then he's just he's like, "Oh, you're busy. I can see you're busy." As he starts to turn into the devil thingy, the ghoul. Love it. Yeah, but you're right. CG special effects, and this is that's really bad. I mean, it's the '80s. Yeah, they could have done I... better, but I'm not expecting better. What? What? It just that? needed more some more you know love and care it just needed more time what do you call that scene where he gets the pendant you know the, the where victor wong gives him the pendant you know that was it be chekhov's gun or something because you know you know it's going to come back into play at mm-hmm. some point later on in the movie he stabs him at one little spot it happens to be that special spot we, we went what the hell is that noise well that was my vpn just shut off oh we went uh we we skipped the whole like biker gang, yeah. Scene where you find out that she's actually a badass. Yeah, you kind of see some boobies in there too when she gets all sprayed yeah. with water. I wrote hair metal, fake karate noises, and a wet t-shirt. What mm-hmm. a scene! You know, and before that, did you guys mistake that Detective Boggs at Wally Taylor? I thought that was John Witherspoon. Remember from Friday, who plays Ice Cube's dad? Hmm. Yeah. Wait, he was in this. No, no, I thought it was him, but no, I, that's what oh, I thought okay. it was. So I know him and Eddie Murphy had collaborated later on. I don't even see it in the credits. Who he is. Oh, uh, Wally Taylor. Wally Taylor, yeah. Yeah. The first girl he's looking for. Yeah, the detective's just like, well, we found her. She's dead. And he's like, damn it. Can I see her? <laughs> I guess because he's got to identify the body. It was just like just so bizarre. Bloody oatmeal and all the, the, the writing on the wall. Ooh, it, yeah, talk about some nasty overnight oats there. This this could be like a brutal horror movie, though. like the whole idea behind it. Because like the oh, yeah. set design is amazing on the uh, like monks where they have the writing on them. And then the writing's on fabric that's hanging on the walls and then all over the walls. I just thought it looked really cool. Another thing that like added to the goofiness is like when you hear Frank Welker's voice for the devil. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's like the bad guy from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. It made me think of uh, Spawn, though. Melbalgia and the hell scene. It looks yeah. like it. It sounds like it, which obviously that's where they got the inspiration from. I mean, did Frank they're... Welker do that voice? I don't know. 
I really Let's don't. See. Until I started doing this with y'all, I tried not to know who did what in any movie. This is going to sound bet. weird, but I thought he kind of sounded like Yoda a little bit until he started. He must oh, find that guy. Then he didn't talk like Yoda. So initially, no, kind of thought I was like, "This is is this Frank Yoda? Oz? I yeah, mean, you, is Frank Oz doing the voice?" But no. No, you don't want to. We don't want to get sued. We're not going to imitate Yoda. Everyone find the dagger. You must. Uh, nope. We gotta. We gotta leave Disney properties alone. But we talk about them all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's like unofficially Star Wars. Man, we would never make it as a Star Wars podcast because we, like me, I would forget all the names all the time. Like, I, I just, like, go get my encyclopedia and lift it up to the camera. I'd be like, that? Can you guys tell me how to pronounce that? Oh, you'd forget the name of some planet and, like, some, you'd get, like, yeah. 20,000 emails. Like, it's Rylon 4 on the on the Zeba system or something. And yeah. General Grievous is one of the coolest characters ever, so that would get us shut down right away. It's one of the prequel oh, yeah, villains. I mean, yeah, our email would be filled. Darth Maul. They're tight. Better than Vader. Way better than Vader as a character. Ooh. Uh, I smoke a lot of cigarettes and cry about my legs getting cut off. <laughs> Terrible character. <laughs> nope, not touching that. Uh, all the... Make sure you put in the subject line, Chris sucks in the FBI's email. That's about that one. All right, touching that shit. All right, so yeah, our protagonist, I do love that. Like his right when they introduce him, his first like girl, his first child that he's looking for, he fails miserably. That made me laugh. That he failed finding her and she was just dead. Yeah, she's dead. Like how did fail like... somebody murdered? They traded not, her for no, a pack of a... cigarettes and a quart of the, pork the fried whole, rice. The whole point is like your protagonist. Like they said, you know, he's no angel. He's shitty at his job yeah. and they set it up at the very, that's like the comedy to this whole thing. They, they pick like the worst chosen one, but he still gets the job done. But what if he's successful on all his other ones? We don't know his backstory. Maybe that's his first case. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not like, I think that's the whole point. I mean, he's 25. He's early in his career. So, but now he's just got a golden child with him. So, I mean, who knows what he'll be able to do. Yeah, they're going to go start a family together. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say. You guys got anything else his, on it? His wife's going to turn into a zombie because she got reincarnated from whatever. That's true. So she's oh, going to yeah. eventually kill everybody, and he's just going to be up here just bringing them back to life as his undead army. That's a good point. We don't know how long these resurrected, you know, the parrot or whatever the hell it was. At least uh, a few days. I mean, how long are they going to last? And... Do they like just slowly decompose into disgustingness? And he's just got to bring him back to life over and over. You know, if he sucks at his job so bad and he's got the golden child with him, you know, when he finds the kids after they've been killed, they can just turn him back to life. So <laughs> let me see him. It's fine. I got this. So you got that going for you. There you go. Um, That's what... a perfect sitcom right there. Missing an arm when they come back. Uh, that would be. Oh, yeah. I wonder when he touches you if you like regrow, regrow limbs and stuff. Yeah, because she had an arrow shot through her. And she also wears a corset on her, in uh, in Eddie Murphy's dreams, or whatever that was when she was tied up. Yeah, that's a cool scene too. I've always always remembered this whole movie though, so good. But that 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 game show type mm -hmm. uh, sitcom scene. Yep. She's like, yeah, they're part reality, part dreams when those happen. I just looked up and like one of the actresses from this movie is was in Star Trek, and they show her in a uh, red. A red suit, uh, red shirt, and I'm like, "Ooh, she died." 
Yeah, whatever. All right, so let's go on to recommendations. Oh, I want to go back to more? one more thing here. Yeah, back when okay. they were doing it, he's, when he's interrogating that yellow dragon biker uh, gang member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like, they sold Cheryl to Tommy Tong for blood, for her blood. They needed to make a deal with the devil. It's like, well, Tommy sure shared a lot of information with you that he did not need to share. You know? yeah, he these uh, these uh, bikers, thank God we ran into them and uh, got all this information. Yeah, she had the tattoo of him on her back. Immediately extracting all the information. Like, oh, thanks. You got to get the movie going. We can't yeah. have all three and a half hour movies. We can't have nine. all Avatar 2s here. Yeah, 90 minutes and out. Yeah. I mean, this movie, that is something I got to give this movie. It flies. It does. I watched this uh, after episode two came out of The Last of Us. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm starting this late. I'm not going to make it. It's like 9.15 and like this thing fucking flew. It, it was fucking, it's an hour and 34 minutes. So 94 minutes. Yeah, perfect. I started it today it. at two. Mm-hmm. With your cat sleeping on your head. <clears throat> My chest. Yeah, whatever. Eventually, she would have moved your face. That's that's my excuse for not having a cat. We're about to have a baby. You can't have a cat. They could lay they, on they, the baby. They suck the life out of them. Exactly. Soul suckers. Or, you ever seen cats die? They'll save your baby's life, too. I don't believe that. That's fake. Yeah, I think your dogs would just maul the shit out of some little troll that came in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they'd bark so much. I'd be like, what the fuck? Get out of here, troll. Um... All right, so recommendation time. Brad, you picked it. Do you recommend The Golden Child? I'd recommend The Golden Child. All right. Chris, how about yeah. you? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Ghostbusters fan or a Big Trouble in Little China, uh, this is definitely the third out of those three, but it's it's good. It's got a lot, a lot going for it, and Eddie Murphy's just funny. Yeah, I was going to say, this movie really shouldn't be good. I mean, the only reason it's good is because Eddie's in it. Eddie Murphy. Think- Charles Dance and Eddie Murphy make this film. I think it's just a reason for Eddie Murphy to fuck around. Like, it's a yeah. cool plot line and everything, but without him, I don't think this movie would be worth anything. I mean, I could maybe see Eddie Murphy, um, Kevin Hart, maybe Chris Farley, or maybe even The Rock. You know, with The Rock's got great comedic timing, but... I don't Chris think... Chris Farley? Chris Farley did a ninja movie, and it was terrible. Brooklyn Ninja, wasn't it? I'll- Beverly Hills Ninja? Ninja? Holy We were talking shit. about a vampire in Brooklyn. It got in my head. <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. I need was... you to go memorize the entire Chris Farley line, okay? Never yeah, get I liked that it wrong. when I was a kid, but I watched that again as an adult and I was like, this movie. Maybe rough. maybe Eddie Murphy is the only guy that could ever pull this off. Did you guys just hear that? I actually just took the magnet right off my desk. <laughs> Whoopsie. Whoopsies. All right, yeah, we all recommend it. Let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our body transformation wing of the museum. (sighs) Brad, you picked it. What do you got? I'm just going to go with the interactions between Eddie Murphy and Charles Dance. Just the comedian and the straight guy just interacting. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it's it's fun. Those two. I would have loved to seen them in another film. I mean, they're both still alive, so they can. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's got a new film coming up. He does. I mean, Eddie Murphy's career, by the way, when I was looking at it, it's so just like 
the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah, Nor Norbert, Norbert. Yeah, oh, I that's bad. That's something you know, I wouldn't even pick that to make you guys sit through and like be tortured with. No, so he definitely redeemed himself in Shrek, though, even though he wasn't the lead in Shrek. But well, that's the thing you got the highs of Shrek. You have his, you have his eighties highs, then his like nineties and early two thousand lows, and then he comes right back with you know Shrek and uh, other films, and then then he just falls off again, and then he has Dolmite come out in like two thousand nineteen or twenty, and that is mm. fucking awesome. Dolmite's great, is it? Oh. My name is Dole. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's I'll, my I'll name. watch it. But oh. like, I mean, you, you got to know you, about the character, though. Well, then maybe you should. Are go you talking it. about Dolomite, the black exploitation character? Yes. Yeah, I know who Dolomite is. I just it's didn't watch the new one. <laughs> it's fucking great. It, you know, shows that guy's life is just nuts. Eddie Murphy gains the weight for the, you know, to play. Oh, him. is it like a documentary? No, it's it's oh. just it's a. Uh, it's his life. It's a tale of him getting into you oh, know, okay. doing movies and everything. Okay. Yeah. I love that character because it is a black man doing black exploitation with no knowledge of how to make films, just fucking doing it. And I mean, he's a living legend, black community when it comes to like the early films. I mean, he, he like took the bull by his horn. He's like, fuck, I, I'm going to star in this. Uh, I don't know if he wrote all of his films, but you know, he's just like goes. <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, highly right inappropriate wow. movies. Oh man! Mm -hmm. So the pimp comedian nightclub owner. This guy is a polyglot here. They're uh, they're a crazy bunch of movies. If you haven't seen them, oh yeah. I mean, Dolomite had some initiative. My goodness, buy highly some, inappropriate. Buy some beer, sit down and watch it. It's best with friends. Oh yeah, it's a it's a group watch right there. So we'll we'll fly out to you. It'd never be made today. Actually, yeah, they could. Anything can be made today. Fuck. Every, there's a form for everyone nowadays. You know, you just might not make as much money, but I don't know how much he made on him anyway. I did like the prosthetics on the monkey guy. I think I'm going to go with that. I always liked him. I always remember him as a kid. Him him as like fear and loathing is. And that, yeah. that dream sequence is a great. That's a great one. I always wanted him to like ever since I saw the like drunken master movie. What is that? Is it called drunken the drunken kung fu fighting type style? Or drunken master is what the drunken style master, style. yeah. And I always wanted him to fight like that, or like the monkey style that we saw in um, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport. That's always what I wanted. If it just would have had that, where it's just like moving around weird, that would have that would have just like put it over the top. I think I think at the like kung fu sections were more choreographed and more movement in this movie. They'd all just mm -hmm. be better overall, but they're like. Three movements and done. Just move on. Yeah, and, and at one point they just seem to be way overusing the backflips and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Yeah, when like, she goes to get the arrow in her back. Yeah, it's a little much. You could have just ran. I'm sure it's faster. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's so good at doing backflips, though. Maybe that's her fastest way to get around. Just like <laughs> I'm the world's fastest backflipper. <laughs> I'll yeah, do the, the like the set dressings with the monks and everything that I was talking about. Like the 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 evil set dressings, where it's got the the sigils and the writing all over the wall and the moats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was some really... by evil at all times mm -hmm. on all four sides. Yeah, there was some good uh, production design on some of these sets, especially when they get over to Tibet. But then again, 
there's a lot of stuff in the LA, especially that uh, the TV show he's on. I fucking love the set dressing in that. That looks so real. In fact, they probably didn't even set dress it. They just probably walked in and used an old like you know sit around table like public access yeah show. Fucking great. I love it. Just looks like between two ferns. <sighs> Such a good show. I know. Can't talk about that. We'll be on that for 15 minutes. That's some of the funniest shit on YouTube you can find. <laughs> We're just going to end this and just watch clips together. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Keanu, have you ever thought about acting in a movie where you get an acting coach? I'm acting like I'm enjoying this interview. <laughs> James Franklin's on there. James Franco. And he's like, have you ever thought about hosting the Oscars? <laughs> Or would you ever host the Oscars? It's like, no, I didn't host Oscars. Well, I mean, would you really host the Oscars? <laughs> His Brad Pitt one kills me too. But anyway, let's get on to finishing this film. And we've got to pick our brand new theme. All right, here we go. We're going to pick our new theme for next time. Pick wisely. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Our new theme is... Swords, not yes. swords and sandals, just swords. With sword fights, every swords type of sword fight. There can be swords on the cover. There can be swords in the movie. The innuendo of sword fighting. Can we do that? I, we're gonna draw the line at that. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are gonna watch some gay porn. <laughs> I was like, "Where's that going, Chris?" Well, I'm a kid in a candy store with this uh, criteria. Oh yeah. So look out for our new theme, swords. The next one just has a sword in the background in one scene. It's got a sword uh, in it. Well, I mean, technically, that's what I said. It just has to have a sword in it. I hope you don't do that. You but I'm also not going to have a sword in it. I'm also not going to veto it because this is way too early in the year to use a veto. <laughs> we might do virus again. That does not have a sword in it. No, no. We got to veto stuff. All right, we got to end this. We're just going right. to keep going. <laughs> All right. So come back next time for our sword theme. Remember to be kind. Rewind. Everyone.